All right. This is amazing. I cannot believe what I've gotten myself into. Look at this room. Uh, my name's Tyler Durham. I'm the Life Stage 2 pastor, and I am so thankful to be here tonight. I'm so excited to be a part of this ministry. This is something we've been thinking about, planning, and praying for a long time, and it is finally here tonight. And so just real quick, I just want to give a hand clap that this thing has been launched. Before I get rolling, I want to just thank a few people for, for this launch. First of all, the graphics team has done a fantastic job with all the social media and the videos, the AV guys, the band, and especially uh, Ted and Bill, who are leaders in this church and the elders. They have supported us in this journey that has taken us to this point. And of course, our leadership team that has been a part of this since day one and all the volunteers who are with us tonight. So one more time, I just want to thank everybody for helping us make this happen. Um, unbelievable. So there's three things I want to do tonight as we launch this brand new ministry. Uh, the first thing I want to do is tell the story of how we got here. Less than six months ago, we're doing the gathering. I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm kind of new to this position. And things were going well, and all of a sudden, boom, we're here on a Wednesday night at an event called Renovate. What's going on? I want to share you the story of how we got to this point. Secondly, I want to talk about why we named this Renovate. Where did the word come from? It, it sounds like just like every other church name for events. You have Ignite and Restore and Intersect and Converge and Refuel. It fits in with those names. But for us, there's something much deeper about the name Renovate. And so I want to tell you a little bit about that tonight. And then finally, what I want to do is talk about how I think renovate fits in with the whole storyline of Scripture. We, we don't see the word in our English translations, but this concept of renovation, this concept of God taking what was broken and making it new overarches all of the Bible and the storyline of the Bible and so I want to talk about that as we finish up tonight. And so for the next four weeks after tonight, we're going to look at this concept of renovate. We're going to look at how God is renovating our lives individually. We're going to look at how God is renovating our churches, renovating our city. And then we're going to look at how God is renovating this whole world. And so I can't wait to get into it. But let me pray before I get started. So let's pray together. Father God, what a wonderful, awesome privilege it is to lead this new ministry. I'm so thankful for all of the wonderful volunteers and leaders that have come alongside us to help this night become a reality. Lord, I'm thankful for all the people that are here to support this new journey, this new ministry, this new initiative in the city of Fort Worth. And Lord, I thank you for preparing us, for giving us the wisdom and direction. And Lord God, I thank you for being in our presence tonight. And I pray, Father, that you would be glorified in every single thing that we do through Renovate. And so I pray that you would bless this message. I pray that you would bless the remainder of our worship. And I pray that this would be a special night for all of those who've helped make this a reality. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the story... About six months ago, it was, it was the end of spring, I got the leadership team together um, with Life Stage 2. And so when I came on board, I put together four guys and four girls, and we decided we were going to try to take this ministry where we wanted it to go. 
And I just called a meeting. It was just a brainstorming meeting. We, we really didn't know exactly where we wanted to go, but there was two things that we wanted to talk about that night. The, the first thing was, what, what is our current reality? Where are we as a ministry? Where are we with the gathering? For those of you who know about the gathering, we've been doing that for several years now. And so we wanted to get together and talk about where are we right now? The good, the bad, and the ugly. And the second thing we wanted to talk about is where do we want to be? And so I had this group of, of leaders together in a room over in the Link building. And we just started talking about where we were as a ministry. And so we started talking about the gathering. And the gathering has been around for about seven years. And it's, it's been very effective for what we wanted it to do. The gathering was all about community. And so for about seven years, the average attendance at the gathering was 75 to 85 people. We've had new leadership. We've had new initiatives. We had a big boost in the men's ministry. Still 75 to 85 people every Sunday night for the gathering. In the last four years, we've had over 600 of you guys come through the doors of the gathering at some point in time. And so we were strong on community, but what I was seeing and what the leadership team was seeing is that we weren't reaching those in the community. We were reaching a lot of people who knew Christ and were comfortable talking about Christ, but it was kind of a small group discussion format. And so you come into the room, and if you're not a believer, if, you're, if you've been out of the church for a while and you're kind of taking a step back in, it's pretty intimidating when you go into a room full of tables and there's small group discussions about Jesus and your walk. And so I think a lot of people were a little afraid about entering that room. And so we talked about that. We talked about how um, it, it, it was a little intimidating. And so then we talked about where, where do we want to be as a ministry? Life stage two, young adults, where do we want to be? And so we started thinking and we thought of uh, three different ways that we could go or paths that we could go down. One path was to keep the current model, tweak it a little bit, and keep trying to improve on this, this gathering event. The second option was maybe start another worship service on Sunday night that kind of led into the gathering. Um, that quickly was shot down because it just wouldn't work with all the other initiatives in the church. And so the third option was, why don't we blow it up and start something brand new? And so we, we left that meeting... Honestly, we left that meeting and we weren't sure what we wanted to do. We didn't know. And so we, we, we looked at the gathering, we prayed about it, and as we were doing that, I kind of did some research about uh, the millennial generation, which is you guys. And so if you don't like stats, you might want to check out for just a minute, but I want to I go through these stats because they're shocking. Frankly, they're, they're shocking. And so I'm going to run through them real quick. Millennials, this is according to a book by Tom Rayner called The Millennials, um, and he did a, a, a nationwide survey of, of this demographic. If you were born between 1980 and 2000, you fit into that demographic. But millennials are the least religious of any generation in modern American history. Only 6%, according to Rayner, affirmed these statements, that the Bible is the accurate written word of God, they, that, that they have a responsibility to share their faith. Only 6% feel, felt like they needed to do that. Only 6% felt religious faith is an important part of their lives. And only 6% affirm that salvation is through grace alone. 6%. According to Rayner, at the end of his book, he said he believes that 10 to 15% of millennials are true Christians. That means 85% don't know Jesus Christ. 
the interesting thing is, uh, your generation is, isn't um, violently opposed to Christianity. You're not mad at Christianity. A lot of you just have no opinion about Christianity. You're apathetic. You're, you're, it's just not relevant to your lives. And so 70% believe that American churches are completely irrelevant. And so then I started looking at some stats about the city of Fort Worth. The population's over 700,000, and by 2030, we'll have over 1 million people just in the city of Fort Worth, not even the surrounding um, uh, cities and towns. Millennials living in Fort Worth are from 30 to 35% of the population. And guess where most of them live? Downtown and TCU. Our church is in a perfect situation to reach the young adults. And the median age in Fort Worth is 31 years old. I saw in numerous publications and websites for for Fort Worth that it's one of the top places to live as a millennial. And so what we have here is a group, a demographic, that a large majority of them do not know Jesus Christ. A large chunk of you in this room have never met Jesus Christ and really don't think that meeting Him would really change your life whatsoever. And 85% don't even set foot in the church doors. And this church is located right here next to 7th Street and TCU. It is the prime location to reach young adults in the city of Fort Worth. And so back to the story, I decided to take a field trip. And so I got the leadership team and we, we took the church van and we went out to Dallas to go to the porch. It's a ministry in, in Dallas to reach young adults and they've done a fantastic job. Like I said, we really didn't know what direction we wanted to go, so we went out there Um, eyes wide open, just wanting to see what this experience was, and it blew us away. We show up a half an hour early, and the parking lot is full. There's food trucks, there's hamburgers, and and it was just this massive event with all of these young people walking around, and we go into the main sanctuary, and the place is packed. And Shane and Shane's playing. The band is Shane and Shane. I told the guys, like, my wife's going to be mad that I didn't invite her because she loves Shane and Shane. And so I texted her and did a little video and said, take that. Um, and so it, it was this huge production with over 3,000 young adults in this building worshiping and praising Jesus Christ and hearing a message of the gospel about Jesus Christ. And so we, we, were, we were blown away at what we saw. And we went on the perfect night because their leaders shared the vision that they had for the porch. You know, it started with about 50 to 75 people in a Sunday school classroom. Similar to what we did with the gathering, about 75 to 85 with the gathering. And they decided, hey, why don't we move into the main sanctuary with 50 to 75 people. This is a place that probably holds about 2,500. And let's just pray that God will fill these seats. And so that was years ago. Everybody just sees what it is now. But they just faithfully prayed preached the gospel and worshipped and the place grew and grew and grew. We came on the perfect night. We went and grabbed some ice cream and sat down out by a Starbucks and Baskin Robbins and we just started dreaming about what could we do in the city of Fort Worth. We started thinking about there, there's no other churches that are reaching the city of Fort Worth with that magnitude. What could we do with our location, with our resources, with our leadership team? What, what could God do through us if we went that direction? And so we had this grand thought, how about we pray about it? That's, that's shocking. Why didn't I think of that? I'm the pastor. One of the people in the group said, well, why don't we start praying about it? And so every week we met and we just started praying, Lord, what would you have us to do? We're willing to do whatever you want us to do. 
Well, we really didn't need to pray about it because Ted heard about our trip out to the porch. Ted's our pastor here at Christ Chapel. And so the next day, I met up with Ted and Ted started asking me questions about our experience at the porch. What do you think? And he was really interested in that field trip. And so he said, hey, why don't we get together and let's eat lunch and let's talk about where you're at in life stage two. So I went out to his house and we ate lunch and I began to share this burden that God was putting on our hearts. I've shared with him the, the leadership meeting that we had. And we started talking and he was completely on board and he said, this, this is what I've been wanting for a long time. This is what we need to do. Now is the time. And we both high-fived and were like, this is it. And then I drove away going, what have I gotten myself into? What does this mean? You know. And so that was the beginning. We got the green light from our elders and from our church leadership. And so we began a series of meetings less than six months ago to prepare for this night. So for me, I look out and I just think, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable that, that the lay leaders in Life Stage 2, you guys, rallied together and made this thing happen tonight, which is just the beginning of what God wants to do in the city of Fort Worth. And so our city is exploding with growth. And a large percentage of the population are young adults. It's time for us to do our best to reach them. And so that's why we're here tonight. And that's what brought us here. A lot of hard work, a lot of prayer. And we believe that God wants us to be here. We believe that God wants to do great things through us. And I can't wait to see what God does through Renovate on Wednesday nights in the city of Fort Worth. I can't wait. And so, why did we pick the name Renovate? Of the millions of churchy event names that we could pick. Why? We, we had to fight for that name. And, and pretty quickly, I shared with the leadership team this idea of Renovate. And in fact, I, I, I thought of that idea way back when I was a, a pastor at a church in Shreveport. They were, they were asking me to start a young adult ministry and that name just popped into my head and I was meeting with one of the worship pastors and we were planning on doing that God closed that door and sent me to another place and so that idea of this ministry called renovate was just kind of ruminating in my heart and mind and I kind of put it on the back shelf and didn't think about it and then I get together with the leadership team and I kind of throw it out there and they loved it this this concept of renovate and so for for just a minute I, I want you to imagine with me Okay, I'm going to sell you on the idea of renovate. I want you to imagine with me a dilapidated neighborhood. A, a neighborhood that, that used to be a beautiful neighborhood. You know, there's, there's neighborhoods like that in Fort Worth. They used to be uh, middle, upper class neighborhoods that were real nice. They were the place to be. Picture a neighborhood that used to be like that that now is run down and dilapidated. The, the, the lawns are not kept trash out in the in the yards and the 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 building the the houses are are kind of breaking down imagine that and then you're driving through that neighborhood with with all of these dilapidated broken houses and you identify a house you you don't know why you like that house but there's something about that house that you see value in it, it looks just like the other houses. It's, it's broken. It's, it's beat up. It's run down. But for some reason, you see value in that house, and so you buy that house. And then you, you, you get all your equipment. You, you put a lot of money into it, and you start one room at a time. One room at a time, you start to renovate this house. 
So you do the bedroom, you do the guest bedroom, you do the living room and the dining room. And and piece by piece, you begin to rebuild the inside of this house. From the inside out, you begin to renovate this house. And then finally, you get to the outside of the house and you give it a new paint job. Maybe you... you, um, you fix the gutters and you might even add on a, a wing to the house and, and, and you, you, you get the lawn together, you clean it up and you, you trim the grass and, and all of a sudden people are driving through this neighborhood and they see this house that just sticks out from every other house. And they see the beauty that you saw before you fixed it. And they see, they, they think, wow, how did I not see that? That was a beautiful house. What a great job they did turning that house over, renovating that house. And so now in that neighborhood that's broken and dilapidated, you have this this beautiful house tucked away in that neighborhood that that draws people to it. That's that's renovation. We see it all the time. And I, I, I love seeing broken down things renewed, restored, and renovated. And and here's the thing I want to tell you tonight. God loves it more than I do. You see, God is, is, is in the renovation business. God is taking individuals in this world who are fallen and broken, and we're going to get into that very briefly towards the end. But God is taking what is broken, and He's renovating it. He's renovating lives. He's renovating cities. He's renovating the world. He's making what was broken new again. And this is what we want to do as a ministry. We want to see lives transform. We want to see lives change. Guess what? We're all under renovation. And so we want to create an environment where it doesn't matter how broken or messed up you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. We're all under renovation. We're all under construction. This is a place where you can grow and change and be who God has called you to be. No judgment. No super spirituality that that you look at and think I could never be like that. This is all of us in this together under renovation. We want to see lives changed and then through those lives we want to see the city of Fort Worth changed. That's what we want. And so I believe this this concept of renovate is something that can overarch our, our, our whole ministry. You know, we, we partner with pregnancy centers in Fort Worth. We partner with Beautiful Feet, which is a great ministry over on the east side of Fort Worth and, and many other ministries in Fort Worth. And, and we are wanting to participate with ministries that are renovating the city of Fort Worth. And, and we want to do small groups and discipleship because through small groups and community and, and discipleship and growing in the Word and in prayer and with fellowship, we begin to have our lives renovated as well. And so this concept of renovate is not just a name that we kind of threw on this ministry like it doesn't matter. They all, they, there's no meaning behind any of them. For, for this ministry, renovate is everything. If we have some of you come up and share your testimony, it's another life being renovated. If we partner with ministries in Fort Worth, it's another ministry that we're partnering with to help renovate the city of Fort Worth. That's what we're about. And so real quickly to close out, I, I want to... I want to connect this idea of renovate to the Bible. Because like I said, that word's not used in Scripture, but you can see it everywhere. And many of you maybe have heard this concept, but the storyline of Scripture, you have creation, then you have the fall, then you have redemption, and then you have restoration. You you can take that grid and put it all over the Scriptures. 
creation, fall, redemption, restoration. For our ministry, we're going to use kind of a different model, different analogy, and I think we're going to put it up on the screen. But, but this concept is a perfect house, a broken house, renovation, and then the new house. And so in the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how man was perfect in the beginning, and then man became broken, and then God came to start the renovation, and then the new man will come about. And then there was a, a, a perfect community. And then that community was broken. And then God came to renovate that community. And one day that community is going to be brand new, like that house I was talking about. And then the last week we're going to talk about how the world was perfect. It was a perfect world. It was a perfect house that God created. And then the house was broken. And ever since then it's been dilapidated and broken down. And God has come to renovate this world. And one day it's going to be completely restored. And so that's kind of the overarching theme for the next four weeks and for this ministry. And Paul Tripp, who's a a real popular author and speaker, uses the same analogy in a book of his. He says, the world you live in is a lot like a broken down house. Every single room has been dirtied and damaged by sin. Not one part of it shines with anything like the pure glory that was so evident when it was first made. Sin has left this world in a sorry condition. You see it everywhere you look. But he goes on to say, let us also see that this world of ours is more than a broken down house. It is a broken down house in the process of being restored. And so this concept of the perfect house, creation. We've all read Genesis 1.1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And in Colossians 1 we read that Jesus It was by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Jesus is the master builder and Jesus is the one who came into his creation to restore it and renovate it. But in the beginning, it was perfect. Everything was as it should have been. It was perfect. There was no pain. There was no suffering. God created everything and it was in perfect harmony. The Old Testament calls it shalom. Perfect peace. Between man and God and man and each other and man and the animals, man and creation. It was all perfect and God said it was very good. In fact, He says six times that His creation was good. And in verse 31 of chapter 1, it says, Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. This creation was not just good, it was perfect. The master builder created a perfect house. In chapter 2, we see that God created the perfect human in Adam. Humanity reflecting the very image of God, Created to rule and reign and have dominion over the earth that God created. Everything was perfect. And then it happened. And we all know the story. Genesis 3. We saw that everything in God's universe was perfect. No pain, no suffering, no shame, no guilt, no sin. Just perfection. Life as it was meant to be. God's people living in God's house under God's rule. The house that God built was perfect and then the house broke. Adam and Eve sinned. They disobeyed God and sin came into the world. You all know the story. Adam and Eve decided perfect wasn't good enough. 
They thought life in God's house would be better if lived apart from Him. And when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree that God had forbidden, God banished them from the garden and all of creation immediately fell under the curse and judgment of God. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Paul says in Ephesians that we're alienated from the life of God and dead in our trespasses and sins. When they ate from the fruit, everything changed. The house was broken. So now, broken relationships between God and man. Sin alienates us from God. What did Adam and Eve do after they sinned? When they heard God walking. They hid themselves. Shame and guilt entered the world. And they hid from God. Sin alienates us from God. Broken relationships between one another. Sin brings conflict in human relationships between husbands and wives, girlfriends and boyfriends, parents and children, people of different races and languages and nations. And then finally, broken relationships between man and the rest of God's creation. Originally, the earth was a welcoming environment, but now the earth is hostile to human life. Natural disasters, environmental devastation, and the harshness of the elements. The perfect house that God created is now nothing but a shell of what it used to be. If some of you doubt this, just read the news. Get on your your app and look at today's headlines. I could go down the list. I don't want to because tonight's I don't, it's not a depressing night. This is a happy night. But there are some bad, bad things happening in this world. Because the house has been broken. The glory of God's house has not been completely destroyed by the fall, but it has been deeply affected by it. And so th- this is the key point here. God could have done two things. Number one, he could have just wiped it all out and started over. God would have been completely justified to just wipe it all out and then create things out of nothing again and start over. Or, God could take what he has already created that has been broken, renovate it, and make it something new and better. Those were the choices. And praise God, he decided to do the second I know some of you may be thinking about Noah and the flood. It seemed like he wiped things out there, but we still had the earth. We still had the animals. We still had a remnant of God's image bearers. We still had the water and the land. And and God, although he judged the earth, it was still the materials that he used in the beginning are the materials that he's renovating today. And so the third part, renovation. God decided to start a universal renovation project. What had been broken by sin, he would rebuild. And and we are living in this time of renovation. We are in this process that God is renovating the world. And God sent his one and only son, who was the original master builder in the beginning, into the world to begin a work of renovation. During Jesus' time on earth, he restored sight to the blind. He healed the lame. He returned hearing to the deaf. And he offered salvation to all He who was perfect became sin for us and died on the cross so that he might reverse the curse and begin the renovation project on earth. The amazing thing is that this was God's plan all along. In God's eyes, a perfectly renovated house, listen to this, in God's eyes, a perfectly renovated house is more beautiful than a perfect house. 
So through Christ and His people, the renovation project has begun and one day all things will be made right. And I want to offer to you the opportunity to be a part of that renovation project and not be left out of that renovation project. Because as image bearers of God, as, as, as sinners that we are, we're only a part of that renovation project as we put our trust in the master builder, Jesus Christ. And so finally, real briefly, the new house. One day we get to live in the new house. One day God's going to take the creation that He made way back in the beginning and He's going to come back and completely finish the job that He started. He's going to make it perfect. He's going to make all things right. Revelation 21.1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. The former things have passed away. And God is making something new. In Romans 8, 19-21 He says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. God is in the business of renovation and He's going to take everything that He's created and He's going to make it brand new. And all over the world, He's inviting His followers, His sons and daughters to be a part of that process. To be a part of the process. And so for, for Life Stage 2, while I'm here, I want that to be our business. I want to see people who are, are messed up and broken with no hope come to faith in Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to rebuild their heart one compartment at a time, one room at a time, so that they can be transformed, joyful, Spirit-empowered followers of Jesus Christ. That's what I want for this ministry. And so I want our do doors to be wide open. I want them to be wide open. Transparency and authenticity and... Love are what this ministry is going to be all about. I don't want people to be turned away because they're not fixed. None of us are fixed yet. Some of us may be further along in the renovation project, but none of us are fixed yet. So it's my desire for this ministry to partner with God in this great renovation project. It doesn't matter how broken you think you are. God wants to renovate your life. It doesn't matter how broken our city is. God wants to transform the city of Fort Worth. And it doesn't matter how broken our world is. God wants to completely renovate this world. Imagine what God could do through us. As a ministry. As a group. If we buy into what God is already doing in this world and in people's lives. Imagine. I think of what has happened in these last six months.
And I've been blown away with the willingness of those who are in Life Stage 2 to give time, energy, resources, effort to make this thing happen. And I think we've just scratched the surface. I think there's hundreds of thousands of young adults in Fort Worth who are longing to be renovated and changed. Who are searching, searching blindly, looking for something that can bring them meaning and purpose and hope and new life. And we have the message. And so that's what I want this ministry to be about. And so tonight is, is kind of an intro to renovate. This is what we're going to be about. This is who we are. And, and I just pray that you will be a part of what we're doing. And I can't wait to see what God does through you guys who give your 100% and who go all in. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that, that you don't need us. I thank you, Lord, that you've been renovating lives and cities and nations way before we came along. But Lord, I also thank you that you've allowed us to partner with you in this initiative. I thank you that you've opened up a door for us to be a part of this awesome plan of yours to make things right, to take what was broken and make it new. And so I pray, Father, that if there's anyone in this room who is broken and hasn't experienced the grace of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the beginning of that renovation process, I pray that tonight would be the night. Lord, we love you and praise you, and we pray that your spirit would fill this place and that you would get the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.